too tempting. It's so good to be with you. I thank the Lord that He's allowed us, permitted us to be together tonight. I'd like for us to look at a few verses out of John 10, first three verses, but I want to consider the first seven verses of John 9. If you'll turn with me, John 9. The scripture declares in John chapter 9 verses 1 to 7, And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me, while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground, and made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay, and said unto him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed, and came seeing. Now the scripture declares that the Lord was passing by. That's what, it, and as Jesus passed by, as he was passing by, obviously ordered, ordered. He had come to this earth to seek and to save his people. Call his name Jesus. He shall save his people from their sins. And as he passed by, he saw a man, the scripture says, which was blind from his birth. Now you talk about a beautiful picture of everyone born in Adam, but especially speaking now of his elect. We're all born spiritually dead, blind. Spiritually impotent, helpless, helpless. This blind man set forth our plight. And this man is going to be the means by which the Lord is going to teach not only those that heard him that day, but us tonight. Very, very wonderful, marvelous message of the grace of God. The disciples ask him, who did sin? You know, we're so prone to just see somebody and they're going through some afflictions. I wonder what they've done. 
I'm glad I wasn't like that. I'm doing pretty good, I think. Somebody asked me the other day, three three days ago, they said, Danny, they said, Marvin, how you doing? I said, as far as I know, I'm okay. I, I may talk to a doctor today, and he tell me differently, but as far as I know, I'm doing okay. But, you know, we see somebody going through some stuff, and we assume, just like the friends of Job, you know, evidently you have gravely offended God to be going through what you're going through. But the Lord told them that this man, neither this man nor his parents, had sinned, but that the works of God might be made manifest. That's the reason this man was born blind. And the Lord passed by him. I think, when I think about John 17 too, all power has been given unto the Son. All power over all flesh that He should give eternal life to as many as the Father has given Him. Now this man was born blind. This man was commanded by providence. You'd be sitting right here. The Lord's coming by. And there He was. And the Lord saw Him. No place I looked. I looked pretty, pretty, you know, thoroughly. I don't see where that man sought the Lord at all. That man never saw the Lord. He was blind. He was blind. No man seeks after God. But it's like that passage, Ezekiel 16, 6, concerning our hope, the only hope we have. And when I passed by thee and saw thee polluted in thine own blood, I said, Unto thee, when thou wast in thy blood, live. Yea, I said unto thee, when thou wast in thy blood, live. And the scripture says that the Lord was pleased to heal this man. He healed him. You know how he did it? He spit on the ground. And he made a little mud ball, spittle. Spit and dirt. He made some. Now, humanly speaking, Paul, if you're going to be able to see, rubbing mud in your eyes wouldn't be it. It wouldn't be the way that we would think. But think of the beautiful picture. Here is a picture of that little, that, that spittle and dirt, a beautiful picture of the humility of our Lord to come into this world. He humbled Himself, made Himself of no reputation. He was despised, the Scripture says. He was despised of men. Now let me ask you this. Can you think of anything that would be more repulsive than for somebody to spit on the ground, make some mud, and then put it on your eyes? But what, what an illustration of the attitude of this world toward our Lord, our God. He, he, he humbled himself. And he put it on that man's eyes. And he told this man, he said, Now I want you to go and wash, verse 7, the pool of Siloam. And then the Spirit of God gave us some beautiful interpretation of Siloam. Here again. 
picture of our Lord, sent. You go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. And the scripture says, He went his way therefore and washed and came seeing. And after that, here's a, here's a man. He was blind. He was blind. And now he can see. And they, obviously they knew he could see. He, he could see. He could tell them. I mean, you know, I see you. I know what color clothes you're wearing. I know. I, I can see you. I see you. This man could see. And they began to ask him time and time again. Ask him. Look, look at verse 10 and 11. Therefore said they unto him, How were thine eyes opened? He answered and said, here's, 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 here's how it happened. Here's how it happened. A man that's called Jesus made clay and anointed mine eyes and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and I received sight. That's what happened. Look at verse 15. Then again, the Pharisees also asked him, how he had received his sight. He said unto them, He put clay upon mine eyes, and I washed and do see. The scripture says, verse 26, 27, Then said they to him again, what did he to thee? How opened he thine eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you did not hear. Wherefore, would ye hear it again? Will ye also be his disciples? If I tell you one more time, will you believe him? And it made them mad. Verse 28, Then they reviled him and said, Thou art his disciple, we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spake unto Moses. As for this, notice fellows in italics. They didn't even know what to call him. As for this, we know not from whence he is, our Lord was pleased that this man, born blind, would be the means through which this marvelous truth is going to be proclaimed. It's the truth of how God's sheep, the elect of God, the chosen, the bride, the remnant, Aren't those beautiful words, Frank? I, I love that. The remnant. God's people. God's elect. My sheep. The truth of how God Almighty is going to come into this world and He's going to find, He knows where they are, but He's going to cross their path and He's going to do it through the preaching of the gospel. One message, one message that God blesses, one message, the message that is the proclamation of the eternal 
purpose and will of Almighty God to save a people of God's choosing, those that He has given unto His Son before the foundation of the world, that they should be holy and without blame before Him in love. He's going to save them. John 6, 37, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise. I, oh, how thankful I am. If there was ever a reason to get cast off, Frank, I did it. I've done it. I do it. I will in no wise. I mean, not no reason, no no reason. Cast him off. Our Lord is going to save this man. Right there, he's going to save him. He's going to call this man out of darkness. He told the Pharisees in verse thirty-nine for judgment. I am coming to this world, that they which see not might see, and they which see might be made blind. Some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto him, Are we blind also? Jesus said unto them, If you were blind, if you knew that you were blind spiritually by birth, if you knew that, you should have no sin. But now you say, We see. We see. I'm telling you, I, 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 can, I can enter into that right there. I came up, Jim, in false religion, and you'd have never convinced me that I didn't see. I see. I see. You say, we see. Therefore, your sin remaineth. This blind man, made to see by the grace of God, the Lord crossed his path, Scripture says in verse 35 of John 9, Jesus heard that they'd cast him out, and when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Lord crossed this man's path, gave him physical sight and he gave him spiritual sight saved him saved him by grace and then the Lord was going to teach he's going to teach those that were there something about how he saves his people how he does it now listen this is just as relevant right now I'm going to look at the first three verses of John 10 and this is how God saves, calls out His people. You know, He said in John 10, 27, My sheep hear my voice. I know them. I know them. And they follow me. Now, I'm telling you these three verses right here. John 10, one, two, three. This is how God saves His people today. 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 
The scripture declares, John 10, 1, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. Now that's how he does it. That's how he does it. Verily, verily, the Lord speaking, he who is verily, verily, he said, I'm going to save my people, and this is how I'm going to do it. Now, the Lord at this point is going to use a very familiar practice to show that this is how I saved my sheep, a practice that they were all familiar with. In every village, there was a, a large area, common property, and it would be a place where all the shepherds, they had their, sh their sheep, every shepherd had his sheep, and the shepherds would be out and they'd be in the fields and stuff and they'd and they'd let their sheep graze and let them get a drink of water and stuff like that. Shepherd would be staying with them. He'd talk to them. He would, he'd, he'd pet them. And they'd, they'd, the, the sheep knew their shepherd. The sheep knew their shepherd. But at night, what they would do, they're going to have the shepherd's going to have to go home. He's going to have to get some rest and Sheep's going to have to have a place to stay, and so there'd be a common area. And, and it was a, a, a fold, a sheep fold. And there was a door, and they would hire a porter. They'd hire somebody to watch over these sheep. Now, it'd be one door, a sheep fold and one door, and all the sheep go in there, all the flocks. And I, I, ever how many flocks there were in that area right there. They'd all go, the shepherd would lead them in. They'd follow the shepherd in. And they'd all the, and there's all the sheep, and they're all just running around there. And I, I'll guarantee you, they just pretty much looked the same. They were sheep. You know, you look at a fox, a fox looks like a fox. A bear looks like a bear. A sheep looks like a sheep. And they're, all, they're just all mixed up. They're all in that area right there. And so the porter was commanded to guard the door. That was his job. He was to guard the door, the opening. He would protect the sheep against animals, thieves, allowing the sheep to run out. There's only one door. And they, that, that, the porter would stand at the door. Now, in the morning, the different shepherds would come. They would return and the porter that had recognized, I don't know how what the system was, but whatever the system was, he knew that they were a legitimate shepherd. And the shepherd would, would go into the sheepfold. And 
I, I, I don't know. I've never, I've never herded sheep. I don't know if all the sheep in one fold stay together. I don't know if they mix. I don't know. But nonetheless, what he would do, he'd go in there and he'd start calling them. He'd talk and they recognized his voice. And these sheep, you know, here'd come one, here'd come, here'd, and next thing you know, they're all just coming out from different places, but it's his particular sheep. And he'd lead them out. They'd follow him out. They recognized his voice. And so the shepherd would come in, lead out his own sheep to the pasture, and then they would do the same thing the next night. Now, to understand, our Lord is teaching these these. People that are there, all, all of them, Pharisees, all of them. He's going to teach them something about how he calls out his sheep. And uh, the Pharisees are going to have to be taught, just like all of us, what our Lord's message is. And so he's, he gives this illustration. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, Climbeth up some other way. The same as a thief and a robber, but he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth. The sheep hear his voice. He calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. Now, when he was talking about the sheepfold, now he's, he's not talking about a regular sheepfold. They're all familiar with that, but he's going to give them a lesson here. What was he talking about on the sheepfold? This sheepfold. What was it? Well, I can tell you this in our Lord's illustration. It's not heaven because people that climb in some other way are trying to come, they're not going to climb into heaven. It's not heaven. It's, it's not the church because in this parable that he's given, he's going to lead them out. And the Lord doesn't lead His people out of the church, out of the body. The sheepfold, I found, I, I looked this up, 41 times in, in the Scriptures, that, that word right there, 41 times means four-footed, tame animals, what we call a sheepfold. One time in Scripture. That word right there means the courtyard. The courtyard. The yard. The, the yard. I can tell you exactly what that word right there is referring to concerning our Lord's lesson here. It's this world. It's this world. In this world, there's all manner of sheep. I'm not talking about God's elect. I'm talking about just it's all manner of people. Let me say it like that. There's all manner of people in this world. All kinds. All different kinds. All kinds of flock. And they're all in this courtyard. We're in a courtyard. Now, let me tell you why we're in this courtyard. Why we're enclosed in this courtyard is because when Adam rebelled against God, God Almighty told him, he said, of all the fruit, all the trees of this garden, you can eat of all of them 
except one. Of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, in the day you eat, in the day you do eat, you're going to die. And he did. He ate. And he did. He died. Now we're in this, we're, we're in a courtyard. We're in a yard. That's what it is. You look it up. Look up the word. It's, 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 it's strong. It's a G833, Frank. I, I told the folks in, in, in Katie, I said, I remember the word, I remember the number. Courtyard. We're in this yard. And we're in it. We're enclosed. We're enclosed. We're in this place, and there's only one way out of this yard. The door. The door. But in this yard, in the world of this yard, or the yard of this world, however you want to say it, God has got a people in this yard, Danny. There's a there's there's some sheep, God's sheep, God's elect, and they're in this world. The scripture says, He that entereth not by the door. Now he's these Pharisees are listening. They're listening. He'd given them an illustration. He had just he had just said in verse 41 of chapter 9. Jesus said unto them, If you were blind, you should have no sin. But now you say, We see, therefore your sin remaineth. Verily, verily, I say unto you. So he's talking to them. They're listening to him. And they see themselves as deliverers. Deliverers. They're Pharisees. They see themselves as capable of teaching and instructing in the ways of God according to their thoughts he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold into the yard but climbeth up some other way he that enters in thinking that he's going to deliver deliver any other way except the door but climbeth up I'm, we're going over the wall boys follow me we're getting out of here we're getting out of this yard. Now we can get out, we can get, and they'll start naming different ways. You can be baptized. You can climb out of here by baptism. You can climb out of here by speaking in tongues. You can climb out of here by exercising your free will. You can climb out of here by walking down the aisle. You can come down to this uh, front here, that, that is an altar. Pray through. You can, we're going out. He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Now, here's what I want to know. Concerning the door and the porter, to get out of that sheepfold, you had to get past the porter. Let me ask you something. What is stopping any man, any woman that is in this yard? What stops them from being able, able, capable 
of getting out into the freedom of life in Christ? What's keeping them from it? Sin. What has got to be satisfied before there's any liberty, any What's going to have to be satisfied before anybody can have any hope of life? What's going to have to be satisfied? God's law. The problem is we've broken God's law. When the Lord told Adam, in the day you eat, that's the word, there's the law. And when he ate, he disobeyed God. He disobeyed God's law. He disobeyed God's word. What is stopping anybody from getting out of this yard? What's stopping him? The law. Now I want you to listen to this verse. Galatians 3.23 But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should be afterwards revealed. Now I looked up, I wanted to see exactly how that said. I looked up Young's literal translation. It says this, And before the coming of the faith, under law, we were being kept shut up to the faith about to be revealed. And then I went over to Blue Letter Bible, and uh, if you're not familiar with it, it's a very good tool, believe me, you do well. I looked these words up. I looked these words up out of Galatians. This is how Galatians says it. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up under the faith, which should afterwards be revealed. Now listen to this. I looked these words up. Now before the faith came, we were perpetually, we were guarded, and it says like soldiers, like soldiers that is guarding us. Before the faith came, we were perpetually guarded like soldiers under are subject to the power of the law, kept on all sides in preparation for the faith that was destined to be revealed or unveiled or disclosed. So let me tell you something. What is keeping anybody, what is keeping anybody in the yard unable to get out? The law must be satisfied. The law of God must be obeyed. God must be satisfied wherever sin is found. Do you know what the law demands? Death. The wages of sin is death. How are you going to get out? You ain't getting out without the law being satisfied. The law has got to be satisfied. Until the Lord Jesus Christ came to fulfill the law, we were kept The scripture declares, under the law, that law that continually pointed us to Christ. He is our only hope. So here we were. We're in in the yard. We're like everybody. In the yard, in the courtyard, in this sheepfold. And the fiery law of God's demand for righteousness before Him demands satisfaction. It demands it. And we can't get out because of sin. We're here. We're guarded like soldiers. That's what it says. That's the, 
kept subject to the power of the law, kept on all sides. You know, to proclaim that one can be delivered out of the courtyard of this world into freedom of God's pasture and salvation and find satisfaction apart from the satisfaction of God's law to tell somebody you can go out some other way is a lie. The scripture says you're a thief, you're a robber, you're a liar. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. He that entereth in by the door. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. I'm going to read in just a minute. I'm going to read a verse of scripture down below. And I'm going to show you the beauty of Christ entering in by the door. That door is, it, is guarding us. We're, we're, we're surrounded, we're kept, kept in subjection. He that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. How did he do it? What did he do? What did he do? Well, he was made of a woman. He was made under the law to redeem them that were under the law, that were kept in bondage under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. The Scripture sets forth the beauty of the Lord Jesus Christ entering in he entered into this sheep, into this yard. He came into this world. And he did it made of a woman, made under the law. And he obeyed every thought, every word, every intent. And this is what the Father said of him. This is my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. I'm well pleased. You hear him. You hear him. He came into this world. By divine commission. He entered in by the door. He entered in by the door. He was made under the law and he obeyed. He said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. And to finish the work. That was his sustenance. That was his, his food. By his perfect life and obedience, sacrifice unto death. Bore the guilt. He was made under the law. He bore the guilt. Jeff, you read it. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. He, the Father, hath made him sin for us. What did he make him? Sin. He made him sin. Not a sinner. He wasn't a sinner. I've said this so many times, I'll say it one more time tonight. And I'll say it the next time one more time. You know what a sinner is? A disobedient one. By one man's disobedience. When he was made sin, he said, I laid down my life. He bore the sin of his elect obediently. As God's lamb... He entered in by the door, by his perfect life, sacrifice. He bore the guilt of all of his people. He bore all the guilt of all of his elect. And he died in particular for them. Not one, ounce, not one drop 
of his blood was shed in vain. He didn't, he didn't pay the debt of all the sins of all the people of all the world and then wait on them to do something. No, sir. He said, I lay down my life for the sheep. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. For it. He entered in by the door. He entered in by the right way. He entered in by the law. He obeyed the law. That's what was keeping his sheep in the yard. They couldn't get out. All others that enter not by the door but try to climb in some other way. They're liars. They're thieves. Promising men salvation and life any other way. The scripture says in verse 3, To him the porter openeth. Why he opened? He obeyed. He obeyed God's law. He obeyed. He entered in by the door. To him the porter openeth. And the sheep, God's sheep, God's elect, they hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name. He knows who they are. He knows them. He's always stood as a surety. The Father gave them to him. An electing grace. He knows them. And he leadeth them out. To him the porter openeth. Only to him. You know, I thought to myself, he entered in. He entered in by the door. He entered in. He was the only one that wasn't in the yard. We've always been in the yard. We were in the yard by rebellion. He entered in by obedience. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. And he obeyed what was keeping them in. He satisfied what was keeping them in. They couldn't get out. They couldn't be set free. Set free? No. You're not going to get past that law. He entered in by the door. He called his own sheep. Only to him who has pleased God, satisfied God's demand for righteousness and put away the guilt of sin, does the porter open. He came lawfully. There's a sheepfold that God has as a sheep. There's a people, there's a remnant, God has, and they're in this yard. And he legitimately entered in, and he called them out. I think this is so beautiful right here. I said that he entered in to that door. That door is the law. He entered in there. But I want you to look what verse 7 says, and look at the exact wording of it. I'll read verse 6 and 7. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things that they were, that, that they were which he spake to them. Then said Jesus unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. He had to enter in through the door of the law. And he said, Now, I'm the door of the sheep. I call them. I know them. And they're going to follow me. 
and the porter just, they follow him. They walk out. In regenerating grace, this is how God saves his people. We're in a courtyard, hemmed up, guarded. The law, the law has got us hemmed up. Without satisfying that law, there is no freedom. There is no freedom. There's nothing but death. That's all that awaits. He came into this world, and he entered this yard by commission of his Father. And he came in the legitimate way. He dealt with our issue. He was made under the law. And in all points, he obeyed and satisfied God, satisfied God's law for righteousness and for justice. He bore the guilt. He obeyed it and then bore the penalty of it. And there ain't no charge. There's no condemnation. There's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. And he came into this yard and he calls his own sheep and they hear his voice and they're following him out. Now I'm telling you, now when one of God's sheep follow him out, they're coming out of a yard. They're coming out of this world. And they hear his voice. And when he gives you new ears to hear, you hear it. You hear the gospel of God's free grace being preached. And you say, you know what? That's his voice. That's his voice right there. And I'm going to follow him. I pray God bless this to our hearts for Christ's sake.